0: You're listening to the John Clark cast. I'm your host, John Clark, licensed counselor, group practice owner, and a guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. And today I'm sitting down with Erica Miley, Erica Miley, is a sex therapist in private practice. And in this episode, we talk about her journey into becoming a sex therapist, how to find your niche and why that's so important, and how to find a niche that will actually make you money, or in this case, make you more money. Um, really fun episode, and as you can guess, not for the faint of heart, we are are talking about sex to some degree in this episode, so just a fair warning there if you've got kids in the car or something. And um, without further ado, let's dive in. Building a private practice can be tough, but I believe that it doesn't have to be. And so uh, I I like to help you make things a whole lot easier. Um, If you're interested in working with me, head to thejohnclark.com and uh, apply for a free strategy session. That's thejohnclark.com to apply for a free strategy session. Um, In the meantime, do me a big favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you are listening. That really helps us get the word out and continue to grow the show. And um, otherwise, tell a friend. Uh, about the show as well. Share your favorite episode and um, thank you in advance for helping us uh, move things forward. Joining me on the show today is Erica Miley. Erica Miley is a mental and sexual health therapist short and sweet intro. So I appreciate that. Uh, You didn't make me work too hard for it. So that's great. Um, and I feel like in almost every episode lately, I've either apologized for being atrociously late (laughs) or just frazzled or Mike is not working or something. And you've just been punctual and together. (laughs) At least that's my, that's my impression.
1: Um, at, at least, um, the behind the scenes to look that way yeah. took a bit, took a bit this morning. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's like the Instagram life versus real life, you know, for, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Um, I will let you give maybe a more thorough introduction of yourself and we'll go from there.
1: So, yes, as John said, I am a mental and sexual health therapist, so my interest in sexuality and all things... Yeah, I'm a giant sex nerd. Um, (laughs) All of that started probably, I would say, when I was... Maybe twelve or thirteen. Of course, middle school, knee deep (laughs) and right. Um, But I actually had seen a show, and I don't know if you're familiar. An audience may be familiar. Sex Talk with Sue Johansson. It was on the Oxygen Network back. day she used to take calls she was awesome she was older older lady who just had no like she could give no shits about
0: like (laughs) I said I said definitely so quickly and then I was like maybe I shouldn't have said that so quickly
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just I just really looked up to her I thought that was the coolest job I'd ever seen (laughs) Um, that you just got to talk to people about their sex lives and like encourage them to have um, amazing sex, but also to learn about themselves. And, um, the thing that became pretty clear as I, my interest grew in sexuality was that people have some serious shame shit around around sex and their bodies and um how they communicate that to other people their partners anybody they want to have sex with (laughs) so um i went i knew i knew that i had that interest at least and i didn't quite know how that was going to look until i went to, uh, to school for psychology and then got my master's in clinical mental health and uh I decided when I was in graduate school that I wanted to work with the most difficult sexual problems that I could so that if well when I went into private practice I could handle anything. So that is just,
0: that is bold.
1: I tend I tend to be a little more ambitious than maybe like curiosity killed the cat. I
0: don't <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know how good it has, it Hasn't is. killed
0: the cat yet cuz you're still right. in business.
1: <laughs> uh, right. So I, I actually started working in sex offender treatment. So I did that for um, a long while, and w- I also worked with victims of sexual assault. And, um, and the biggest thing that I took away from that work was it that so many of the people I've worked with have so many similar problems right, with right. sex and being able
0: to approach it. So that's, that's kind of like roots, I imagine.
1: Oh, yes. And the, the effects of trauma on our lives sure. and our lives is incredible.
0: I was listening to an um, an interview with Chris Hansen recently. And I actually went down a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole recently watching like the old episodes of like Hansen versus Predator, or it was called okay. To Catch a Predator and then Hansen versus Predator. And he was on a, a comedian's podcast recently. And the comedian was asking like, why do you think... Uh, more people don't talk about this stuff or really why do you think we still don't really understand sex offenders and he was like well it's it's like a not so sexy specialty to have as like exactly. a psychologist or mental health professional <laughs> he was like you know people go into the field yeah and they want they want to do the stuff that gets a bit more glamour if you can even call it that you know than right. mental health but he was like he was like you know, mental health professionals who do do that work, they're they're typically working in the jails, right? Yeah. They're like meeting in jail cells with with these offenders, and so they're not necessarily, they're you know, people aren't kind of getting out of graduate school and knocking down the doors of. the prison saying let me in there I want to do this work but it sounds like you did some version of that
1: I I did and funny enough I had actually I took an agency job right out of like even before I left school um and uh, I let them know that that was what I was trying to do um so I stayed at that agency for a year because the process to get hired by a state prison is if it's a state-run government prison then it's not not it is a lengthy process so it Mm. took me a year to get in the door and then i stayed there for a while and um incredibly rewarding work and challenged my my clinical abilities and and shaped how i see sexuality and and how i communicate that with my clients today
0: yeah so those were those were formative years for you clinically and professionally as they tend to be i think for most new therapists right yeah absolutely what was Um, most formative about it for you
1: i i think the thing that that Was incredible for incredible for me to watch was how far you could push rapport. That might sound funny, but (laughs) (laughs) I I did. What do you mean by that? (laughs) I remember reading a lot of research on the power of the relationship uh, between the therapist and the client, and when you are working with the most deepest held shame, and then you know cultural norms double down on that shame like mm-hmm. by calling like sex offenders monsters and things like that um you have to have a level of trust that is that takes some time to build one and two once you have that trust the change that can be made is pretty incredible um and i think that's one of the questions people ask me all the time is you know did you see change yes yeah. absolutely saw change. I saw people change their lives and want to be different, want things to be different, want their sex lives to be different, wanting to understand how to have healthy relationships. And I, I, that's what I mean by like the ability to push rapport. It's, it's, there's, there's nothing like being able to look at somebody and, and push them on what they're masturbating about. Like you you can't really do that anywhere else. Um, so it, it taught me to be Um, to understand the power of our role, but also it taught me to be a little bit more brave.
0: Well, you know, they're probably among the more skeptical of mental health providers and professionals, you know, prying into their lives and, and yet they are hungry for connection, right? Mm -hmm. Or perhaps that's the reason why they're doing some of their, you, you know, some of their behaviors that have gotten them in trouble
1: absolutely absolutely I think the the I mean I'm a big brene Brown fan, and the when she talks about that we are meant for connection, like all of my work that I have done over the years has only proved that to me mm-hmm. over and over and over again, and I'm sure you probably feel similarly like.
0: totally well we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to know everything or to be experts in the for the lives of our clients when in fact can just connecting with them more and and more genuinely actually removes the need to, for us to be experts and allows them to really explain themselves
1: absolutely I think that's I, I actually had a another a colleague remind me of that today because I think during this time of year and you know, folks might be listening to this at some other time of year, but you know, it's the holidays. And so we (laughs) feel the extra, right. And we, we feel the pressure too, because we're seeing more of our clients. We're spending more time and we have a stress of our own, our stress, stress with our own families. And sometimes we feel like we need to fix it. Mm. And I had a colleague say, remember, I have to remind myself and remember, you can remember this too, that they are the hero of their story.
0: Yep. And
1: that, that like I was like okay I'm I'm gonna repeat that to myself sometime <laughs> like just, just <laughs> in the coming weeks I'm just they're the hero of their story they're the hero of their story those
0: little those little mantras um the, those are amazing because and they tend to just kind of happen you know yes. along the way like those little mantras that either like a supervisor told you or um, for me it was yeah mentors early on clinically. And yes. in my life that tend to be kind of guiding uh, points along the way. Do, are there others that kind of stuck out to you around that time, or even just as it relates to working with people around sex?
1: Um, when it comes to when it comes to sex, funny enough, but I think that one of the first ones <laughs> that, and I laugh because the the one that popped in my head, uh, okay. is actually from Sue Johansson. She used to, when she would talk about anal sex, and of course I'm just going to jump right in. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she would say gently Bentley. Right. And so anytime, like, and I can tell you anal sex comes up in so many sessions. um, just people with curiosity about it or wondering how to do it. And it's actually one of my most popular podcast episodes too, is my yeah. butt stuff episode. <laughs> um, and th- that mantra actually, I, I repeat it because it, 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 helps me not only remember like the basics, yeah. but it also helps me communicate to people that, yo, this, this stuff that we're talking about, it's not easy.
0: Well, and and it's, that's a, you're tapping into something very universal that can help anyone, which is that be more gentle with yourself and you'll, mm. and you'll probably actually find your way through your suffering easier. Yes. You know what I mean? Rather than like, I don't know, fighting tooth and nail against who you are or against your struggles or in this case, against, against what you want out of your sex life, Right. Absolutely.
1: I, one of my mentors, um, I'm, I'm very much a, um, act and compassion focused well, therapist. Go. Um, so you, you're speaking my language here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, Dr. Russell Colts, um, he's out of Eastern Washington university, but he actually wrote the, um, CFT, um, uh, made easy workbook for therapists mm-hmm. and, um, he, he, the way he would talk about compassion for ourselves as therapists is that uh, our ability to then be that mentor, showing yeah. that, showing that we, if we hold compassion for ourselves, showing our clients, yo, you can do that too. It is absolutely completely possible and it's more effective than beating yourself over, your, over the head with anger, anxiety, depression, whatever the case, whatever the thoughts are, wherever the thoughts are coming from.
0: I'm going to use a process comment here because, um, I'm a therapist and I, <laughs> which every now and then when I'm talking to one of my best friends, uh, who's a psychologist, he will use process comments and he'll warn me, you know, I'll be say, I'll be like, you know, going through something or struggling or just frustrated with like, I don't know, my football team didn't win and he'll, he'll go, John, I'm going to use a process comment right now. <laughs> Sorry. And even though it pisses me off, it does help <laughs> like it you know it Nothing. it still works, and i'm like i'm I'm mad that you're doing that, but also it's working, and I feel better and let's hug um, yeah my Maybe process I've <laughs> almost lost my train of thought here, <laughs> which was that you really care about this stuff yes which i well let me say this i you really care about your niche in particular. And these Mm -hmm. people that that you work with, you, you found your groove with this. And I think a lot of therapists, they, they pressure themselves to either find their niche or they feel just obligated to work with, I don't know, young children, but they don't like working with young children, you know what I mean? Or just whoever it is. And the result is like, those people burn out a lot faster. It feels like heavy lifting and you ask them what they do and they just sound annoyed and tired. And I don't, I don't get that from you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I think one of the things that I, I think that maybe, I don't know if we don't communicate it well or what the case may be. So I'm just going to talk, talk about what's in my head and see where it falls. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to finding your niche, like I, I encourage people to go back to the, the most basic things that sparked your interest when you were in graduate school the things that you actually thought, oh, you know what, I want to read a research study about that. Mm-hmm. Or you when you sat down with a client for the first time when you were in internship, you, you just the time passed so fast yeah. that you that you blinked and it was over. It's not about finding the niche that's gonna make you the most money. It's about finding the niche that you care about enough so that when you are marketing, it feels like you
0: that's huge i feel like we could end right there but we, <laughs> but we won't <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is it's an entirely it is very very difficult and i know that many therapists feel the pressure to niche down and like if i'm not niched down i'm never gonna have any clients and here's the thing like my niche allows me to work with all sorts of things. Right. And this was something that I didn't, that I actually didn't foresee. So, you know, it's the that magic of marketing that makes it look more on purpose than yeah. it actually was. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 my clients tell me that, they said, when they sought me out, they said, you know, I saw that you worked in, in sex and you, the, the way you talked about body image and the way that you talk about like you you work with people with kinks and and ethical non monogamy I mm-hmm. knew I could say anything to you mm-hmm. so w- we may not be working on sex but that's what brought them to me
0: well this and this is where therapists a lot of times get it wrong which is that your niche is just it's one of a number of doors in which people can enter into your house and yes. we are all generalists to some degree right so they come cool. in for sex-related issues that are rooted in anxiety, that are rooted in depression, that are rooted in alcohol abuse. Yeah, You know what I mean? And people get really uh, just frazzled by the idea of committing to one thing, and so they end up forcing it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem genuine. And And then they build a practice that they're unhappy with. But the reality is we're all going to work with a little bit of everything, you know?
1: Hmm. and I think it, it's almost like when you're when you're trying to identify that niche for yourself it's like you you take a step back to that to that right out of graduate school therapist that if I just have the right tool if I just have the right thing in my tool belt totally when in reality it's very similar to all the things you've probably already been doing mm-hmm. it's it's just going to have very specific language to what you're talking about. I mean, there are some niches that do require extra certification. I mean, sex therapy sure. does. Uh, I mean depending on the state you're in, but yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. But like those those tools are, are readily available for us out there. They're easy they're easy, you know, you just hand somebody money and they'll give you a CEU. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it is the relationship that is the most in core and that compassion that you have for that person and the care and concern you have for them. That's going to make them come back.
0: You know, what's funny is, um, i i used to work in construction i used to work for a non-profit doing construction and we uh spent a whole summer learning how houses are built and you learn basically from the ground up right so you learn how a uh, foundation is built and then how walls are built on that foundation and how those two support each other right how those kind of work together and halfway through the summer i'm like oh wow so actually being knowing uh, about construction was really about just knowing the names of things.
1: <laughs> and I remember
0: um, and when I was at my first practice in San Francisco, uh, I had someone call. I'd been in practice for, I don't know, a year or something. I had someone call and they said, oh, you're John Clark. You, you um, specialize with people uh, in open relationships, right? And I was still so new that I just kind of like, look to my left look to my right and then said yes because (laughs) i had only worked with one person in open relationship but she gave me she helped me understand the names of things you know what i mean and understand some of the language and that was enough to do meaningful work with that person um yeah
1: the the work looked the same you know, the, it had different lingo, but yeah. looked very similarly. So, I mean, I did, I I did start a, a Facebook group as many of us therapists do um, for professionals about sex mm-hmm. because I do think that we as professionals do not get enough sex education. Um, some of us get it in grad school, some of us don't, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, all across all professions. Of us don't across all professions, it yeah. is this way. The thing is, though, if you ever want to work with a couple, if you ever want to work with a person, they're going to talk to you about their sex life. Yep. So being able to roll with that, and ha- I really want to help other therapists and, and doctors and and Aaron Ps and <laughs> lots uh-huh. of folks to be able to have these conversations and not feel like a fraud.
0: Well, and they're picking up on our comfort or lack thereof with these topics right so if we are shying around talking about sex with clients and and for that matter going back to like having hearing things in your mind from mentors or you know remembering things i remember one of my mentors in graduate school was like you have to be ready to talk about sex you have to kind of open that door for clients um, because they're it's going to at some point come up and they're going to need to know that you can go there you know yes. what I mean, and if you don't, then they're also going to sense that as well, and they're going to reroute uh, uh, around that issue, and that's that could be a real loss for for the therapy.
1: Absolutely, because I, I have had many clients come to me and say, you know, I liked my last therapist or I liked my last psychiatrist, or but I tried to bring this up on multiple occasions and they sped right past it. Yeah. And it's not I, – I don't believe that that's the thought, The fault of the professional. Yeah. I, th- I think that it is – there is a absolute complete lack of education as part of our graduate learning that that is really important because not everybody has to be a sex therapist. That's not yeah. what I'm arguing, right? Like yeah. It, yeah. it's that they, we all need this basic knowledge so that when, a ther- when someone talks about their trauma and how their sexual trauma has impacted their sex life that you don't blink that that makes sense to you and that you can, you and that relationship uh, can continue to be healing.
0: Mm. So I know that you, um, uh, we've got a few minutes left and I know that you, uh, are working entirely online now, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. My entire practice is online, which, um, shout out to Amber Lida. I know she's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a big reason why she's I did that.
0: regular On this show. This is basically and, her podcast, and just filling in and winging it.
1: <laughs> and uh, the I wanted to go online because I wanted a flexibility of being able to move around physically. That um, so I'm I'm licensed in Washington State, and I'm about to be licensed here in Florida. And I I wanted to be able to one see more people and be able to offer therapy on a larger scale. Um, mm. Having worked in rural areas, I know the lack of clinician ability, or not ability, um, availability. Yep. yep, Um And I, online therapy gives you, so you and the client so much more freedom to be able to access services. Mm. Um, and especially sex therapy <laughs> like there sure I work, with, I, I work with a lot of people in poly relationships and who have um, sexual kinks that want to be able to process that or negotiate those things in their relationship but they live in the middle you know the middle of nowhere and don't have that access but they have the internet yep. so they can access me so um, I, I I find online therapy to be, to be incredibly rewarding
0: and I, I just think a ton of therapists, want to do what you're doing right now they want to have an online practice or at least some part of it being online so how you know the kind of question of the hour is how, how did you how did you get your first client for your online practice and, and how do you get them now
1: so i started so i had actually started private practice when i got out of graduate school while i was an agent agency work so i did part-time in home, So I would go to my clients' homes and um, I did sliding fee scale part-time in addition to my other work for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to go fully into private practice. So I just started letting my clients know, hey, I'm going to be going in fully. Um, and they started referring me and other clinicians in town started referring me. And mm-hmm. so... Then once I was ready to go online, I just let those clients know. I said, hey, this is what I'm yeah. doing. Um, I'm happy to offer you like a free uh, a free trial. Give yeah. it a shot. See what you think. How does it feel? Yep. Um, and the most of my experience has been once they see you face to on, face on a screen, they're like, oh, and you mean yeah. I get to be at home on my bed with my pet in my lap? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I didn't have to park.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: This is great. Yeah. Usually, it was just that trial, and once they did that, I, I didn't I, I actually didn't have to refer any of my clients out. They all yeah, stayed with me. Um, and then I do get referrals from other clinicians. I get referrals from psychology today somewhat. Um, a lot of those folks need to use their insurance and I'm cash pay only. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also am part of a contract. Um, with a company called Lyra, L-Y-R-A, mm-hmm. and they service biotech and tech companies. So I get clients that way as well, but they pay full fee. They don't, uh, they're kind of, they're closer to like a, they're not like an insurance company. They're closer to like, you know, I don't know, like an EAP.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: closer to that Got it. and so I get I get uh that's mostly how I get my folks um mm-hmm. I have been getting now with the popularity of my podcast growing and social media I have been getting questions and referrals through that sure somewhat but uh, much more through um fellow clinicians because um that's how you know we know each other's specialties and yeah. that's how we get those referrals
0: yep so um we got a couple minutes left here, and I just want to hear kind of what's what do you wish you had known um, <laughs> at the beginning of your private practice journey, at the beginning of the online practice side of things.
1: Um, I wish, I wish the. Uh... The other therapists that I knew in town, because I actually, I'm one of those people that seeks out mentorship. Mm -hmm. I do not believe even for a minute that I got it all together and that this path has been walked before and I should talk to other people that have walked the path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I sought out mentorship. I specifically sought out mentorship in, in sex therapy. And one of the things I wish I had known then was the, I wish I had known that the the effectiveness of online therapy. Mm. I, I had heard from many clinicians like, oh, it doesn't really work, or you know, you only use it in in the 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 that's your last ditch effort, right? Yep. Like, sure. But <laughs> i found the entire entirely the opposite. Yep. Um, that when people are comfortable in their own space and they see a face, um, they don't have any problem. Mm-hmm. Getting getting to the heart of things and getting to the root of things. Yep. Um, I wish I wish I had known that then. Yeah. Um, luckily, and I encourage anybody out there if you're not on some of these the Facebook groups for building your practice, or if you're not listening to more podcasts about building your practice, that really 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 helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, being in online groups that were active that I could ask questions that other clinicians were were all happy to help and we're in the helping field for a reason. Yep, you know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep. We're all out here ready to let you know what worked for us and what didn't. Yeah. So those groups really really helped me grow my practice and really challenged me and also challenged me to allow myself to be as ambitious as I am. Yep. Totally. I found other I found other therapists in the world that what that were as ambitious as I am. And wow. that was just really, really, really helpful and made me feel less lonely.
0: Awesome. Uh, Erica, this is, this has been a blast. Um, You're fantastic. Any, <laughs> any, anything else missing from the conversation? And then um, close us out with how people can get in touch and find out more about you.
1: Um, I encourage all the therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists, however, whatever work you're doing um, to know that, This is kind of like my love letter to you. Like (laughs) the work you're doing is hard, but it's so worth it. I I just met another another therapist the other day who had left the field because of the agency work that they had done and they left the field completely. And I was so sad to hear it because this person absolutely cared about what they were doing and you could hear it in their voice. You could hear how much they loved the work, but were absolutely completely burned out by the agency they were in. And by management that was more interested in advancing themselves than,
0: sure.
1: <laughs> than the work. And I just want to say the work you're doing is important. And if where you're at is not working, you can change that. Absolutely, completely, you can change that. And private practice is awesome it's great. Don't let anybody tell you that you won't ever make any money. Don't <laughs> let anybody tell you that it's not worth doing. It's not that it's not hard, but it's completely worth it, especially if you want that kind of freedom.
0: And that's, that's, um, this is, that's a hard act to follow. I don't know what else to say. Uh, <laughs> other than, that's some wonderful advice. And, um, I hope folks are taking it to heart. Um Erica, thanks for being here. Erica Miley, mental and sexual health therapist. Also check out her podcast, um ericamiley.com. And also Erica, one last thing, how can people um find and join your Facebook group?
1: Um so it is Sex Talk with Erica Miley Professionals Group. I want y'all. I want therapists, I want psychologists, Perfect. I want doctors, I want everybody. <laughs> um come on to the group. We'd love to have you. It's pretty we we get I just, you know, we get pretty goofy in that group but (laughs) that's my style so i'd love to have you we've got um my my husband and i are actually going to be offering some relationship coaching here coming up and that you can check that out on my website ericamiley.com forward slash workshop and yeah all the things check out all the things i'd love to i'd love to have folks
0: erica this has been great thanks for being here
1: thank you john i appreciate it
0: thanks for listening to the podcast hope you enjoyed this episode Um, Again, as always, do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you're listening. Um, If you've got a favorite episode, send a link to your friend and um, help us keep moving the show forward. Otherwise, um, have a great week. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time.